All right, so all of that is coming up just after six o'clock. But before we get to that, uh, it is our very, very, very first book club. And I am so excited because so many of you have been in touch to say that you are reading along with us. And I have assembled the, I suppose, the nerdiest little group of people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we have Cameron Hill from Off the Ball and Kira Tracy from the desk next to me. Uh, guys, how are you? That's great. Chills right now. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So Kira, just remind everybody of, I suppose, how this all came about. So it, a lot of nagging actually suggests, which is fab. Um, so basically, I came on the show a couple of weeks ago to talk about this online book club that I joined on Facebook, a really wholesome, you know, digital community where we talk about book recommendations and we swap books, you know, locally around the country. And I then took things too far and was like imagine if we did a book club imagine if we you know you doorstepped me live on it yeah I did yeah I did no other option but to follow through yeah thank you and then Cameron got tagged in because he engaged on Instagram so I thought if I'm going down I may as well take somebody with me appreciate it secret's out now I'm officially a nerd (laughs) I don't think you were hiding (laughs) no this macho image I'd cultivated over 24 years Jess you're only 24 I'm 25 but I only started when I was one um, <laughs> the grind never stops. But, um, yeah, no, it's all shattered yeah. in front of my very eyes today. I am a nerd. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Mm. My name's Cameron Hill and I'm a nerd. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> this is a safe space. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, right, if you haven't read the book already, uh, there is still time to share your thoughts. You can email us at any stage, techtalk at newstalk.com, or send me a DM on Instagram with your thoughts and feelings at Jess Kelly NT. Uh, so, Kira, you picked the first book. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is and uh, why you picked this one? Okay, so it's by It's Foe by Ian Reid and it's set in the near future. It's a sci-fi suspenseful thriller about a small farmhouse and a married couple, Junior and Hen. And basically a guy turns up at the house and says, Junior, you're going to space. This is an incredible opportunity and we're going to replace you with an AI kind of like robotic clone for your wife. So it's not too weird for her and to kind of keep things ticking over. And it kind of just goes throughout the novel kind of get, I don't know, facing up to what's going to happen. We have this stranger Terence who's one that says, oh, you're going off to space. He comes and goes and he makes it very uneasy. It's quite a suspenseful novel. It's quite tense at times. And the reason why I picked it was because I had only recently finished it myself. It's going to be adapted into a film. It's coming out this month, I believe, with um, Saoirse Ronan and Paul Meskel. And it's tech. So... All of that seemed quite relevant. Okay, Cameron, is this the kind of book that you would have picked up if we didn't make you read it? Honestly, no. Um, but I'm glad that I did because it does remind me of two of my favourite books, Never Let Me Go by Kazuo, Kazuo Ishiguro and to a lesser extent Frankenstein by Mary Shelley in terms of pushing science to the brink and the ethics of that, the ethics of creating synthetic life. But also ideas of control and getting back to nature and the nature science sort of complex and dynamic that's at play in all of our lives. So it was really interesting to pick it up. I wouldn't have picked it up. And um, I really enjoyed it. I do have a few problems with it, but um, I really enjoyed it nonetheless. So I wouldn't, and Kira and I had this conversation before, because when I was on my holidays, um, she recommended a book to me. What was the book? Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Which is another book that I wouldn't have picked up automatically. Normally when I see 
anything kind of sci-fi or a little bit out there. I'm like, not for me. Thanks so much, though. Um, but like you, I'm glad that I read this. Mm. I, I I know that uh, somebody who sent us in a voice note was like, I, I now want to read other books by Ian Reid. Is this, would you now be into Ian Reid as an author and, and would you want to explore more of his world? Maybe, maybe. I'd certainly want to explore more of this sort of genre of a kind of science fiction and stuff that's in the near future, but relevant to us now. Mm. Like the things that don't seem all that remote as possibilities there's a video game i really like called detroit become human where they deal with a lot of humanoid androids who are basically our servants and then they they gain empathy towards the end of the game and um start to rise up against their human oppressors so that sort of dystopian slash potentially utopian stuff i really enjoy but um maybe not ian reed which i'll get on to okay well let's jump into I suppose some of the thoughts and feelings that you have about the book because you alluded to some issues there mm. um, actually before we do that it took me a few goes to get into this right. I kind of had to start I, I couldn't Interesting. I wasn't instantly immersed into it I'm normally the kind of person that if I sit down with a book I'll still be awake at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It wasn't an unput downable one for me at the beginning. Now I was racing through it towards the end. Yeah. Did you have issues from the outset or were you bought in? I'm kind of the same with you in that I was racing towards the end, which makes one of my issues seem like it might be a me thing. But um, I was the same. At the end, I felt, oh, I'm, I'm glad I got to the end of that because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. But it feels like it's a bit self-contained that you have to actually go through it before you um, understand, understand appreciate the, it. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a slow burn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of a monotony to what's going on throughout and... Yeah, it's a, it, it takes a little bit of time. But once you're into it and once you find yourself going, okay, I'm going to get through this, the last, I think, 60 to 70 pages just flew for me. Mm. And it got really enjoyable and really engaging. But yeah, like you say, it is it is a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Kira, did you find that or, or were you immersed straight away? I think I was quite immersed straight away. I think I think it helps that I knew that Paul Maskell and Sasha Ronan were going to be doing a film based on this. I, I do think that kind of visual aid helped. Um, but I remember rereading the first page maybe once or twice being like, oh, wait, what's going on here? Because it yeah. starts quite suddenly. You are straight away immersed into what's happening here. And I think that actually helped me keep momentum up. I remember being really excited. I read it in less than a week. Like I was I was really keen to find out what was happening. Yeah. And because I, th- I don't know about you guys, but I had an inkling of what was happening. And I think... Towards the end, I kind of knew what was going to happen before it happened. And obviously, I'd love to say genius, but not quite. I think it's just it, you can kind of pick up what's happening mm. by the end of it without spoiling it. Yeah, OK, let's not let's not spoil it. But Cameron, let's talk through some of the issues that you had with it. I think. And again, as I said, it might be a way it might be partly in um, it might be due in part to the fact that I, I read the last few so quickly, but I found the kind of, the sort of big reveals, some of the big reveals, the pacing was a little bit off on them. Like they felt like they were too close to the end to have any major impact. I'd I'd be a big believer in the sort of Chekhov's gun argument where if you're going to introduce something, you better use it later on. But I feel like the stuff that they reveal towards maybe 20 pages to go and then it happens towards the finale, you're sort of like, I don't know, that that, that. that's not quite the big blow I I thought it would be, do you know? If that makes sense. There was an element of not quite underwhelmed, but you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but I, I, you see, the world is so like I, I, once I got over my kind of stuttery start of it. Yeah. I was in and I wanted to know, but there were a few times where I, I wanted more and I don't know what I wanted to have happened, but I was just like, oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? I get that. I do get that because maybe that's what I was alluding to when I said I feel like I kind of knew what was happening before it happened. Although I thought the ending was so good. And I don't know about you guys, but I would love to explore more of that world. Like we only see this secluded farmland and they always allude to this big city. Mm. But I really wanted more. I wanted it. I would love this to be a series like... I don't know if I'd go back for another one, would you? I don't know. I'd like to see I'd like to see this world from another perspective. I would have been really interested in Hen's perspective because what we get with Junior's world is so limited, right? It starts literally with the two headlights coming up the road uh, of Terrence's car and it, it's so it's such a small segment of their entire world. We don't even one of my one of the things I really enjoy is that he's just Junior throughout the book. It implies that there's a senior and that he's like, he has a Christian name, but he's mm-hmm. the younger of something. But we never get that sense. Yeah. And his version of memory is so truncated and so yeah. segmented. It's, it, I find that really, really fascinating. But Same. at the end, you are felt there's a sense of wanting because of the other experiences in the book from the different characters. You never get any sense of, you only get piecemeal stuff from Junior's perspective. And that was what was really interesting from my point of view. I actually think, and I, I, I hope you agree with this. I would love a prequel with Terence and his perspective. I'd love to kind of see because one of the big conversations we're having at the moment is morality around AI and yeah. cloning. And if we had this kind of prequel of Terence, because Terence is basically our science guy here kind of Mm. he's the one that's in the big city he's the one that's kind of working on this cloning and this big space program to kind of you know bring humans you know far and wide across space i think it'd be so interesting to kind of hear about the moral dilemmas in that place where they are creating clones you know did any of that come up i think that would be so interesting and then we get our little taste of the futuristic city life as well as the farm life what do you what's your perspective on terence i found him really creepy and malevolent. Yeah, he was creepy. And I actually was thinking to myself before we were doing this, like, was he a good guy in the end? Because when you find out what the book's really about, your perspective of him might change. Mm. I don't know, Jess. I'm going to... Now, look, I don't know if it's just because my brain has been too busy. I didn't necessarily love any aspect. Like, the, the, the key takeaway I had from this book were questions around, like loneliness and the ethical questions and I suppose identity and like I kind of came away with themes rather than a strong grow for any particular right. character. Now I didn't necessarily dislike Terence. I don't know and again I read it on a plane so I probably wasn't in the right zone where I was like focusing in. I just felt I, I don't think at any point I was completely sucked into the book at the way I thought I would. Okay. So that I have deep thoughts and feelings on it's quite surface level. Thing. Yeah. Now again, maybe that's just me being a humanoid. <laughs> maybe. I, th- I think that's a big, you've hit on a really important theme in the book is the idea of perspective. Yeah. And the perspective that we're fed throughout, as we've said, is juniors. But it's an, like, it's an incredibly narrow one. And you get the sense without trying to ruin the ending or uh, spoil the big reveal that he's someone who really like, he hates change, mm. this character. 
He ha- he likes things constant. He doesn't like any interruption, which is why Terence is such a massive thorn in his side throughout the book. And the way it's manipulating Helen's behavior or Hen's behavior and how he's sort of acting like a bit of a parasite or a cuckoo into his nest, his perfect little nest that he's kept completely away from all other civilization, it seems. Yeah. He goes to the mill, he's got a very routine, regimented life, and suddenly this has come in and he's not allowed even sleeping in his own bed at a few points in the book. The way it's written, and I think the writing in this is kind of interesting, I'm not, you know, the style with the way they write the dialogue at certain mm. points, I find... Uh, it's cool but it's a little bit gimmicky but I find the way he processes his thoughts and the sort of staccato momentary short sharp sentences that he uses really helps to give us a full sense of who Junior is as a character what are his traits what are his memories how does he process the world if that makes sense Do you see this as an easy transition from a book to a film? Potentially. I think you've cast the perfect actor if you're casting Paul Mescalus Jr. Mm. He seems like someone who's very emotionally stunted. Mm. <laughs> and wow. Quite a lot of things. But he plays those sort of characters where everything is a bit show, don't tell and quite subdued and muted and lets his expressions really tell the full story yeah. or much more of the story than he lets on. And certainly that's with Jr. Like he, you know, this is a guy who married Hen after three weeks yeah. of meeting her. Like from the first time he spoke to her, three weeks later they're married. Like <laughs> this is a guy who's almost trying to race to the end. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, go on. Well, I was just thinking another really important part of the book is the punctuation. Mm. And I don't want to again. I don't want to lose too much here, but the punctuation is a really important part of the plot, and I think that will be really difficult to translate into film and I really wonder how the director's going to do that mm. but that being said I was saying to Cameron the other day the Rotten Tomato views that have come out so far has been 0% so this could really? be yeah I, I was really shocked I think I had five reviews from uh, like critiques and there was yeah 0% I I'm really disappointed and I know again me and Cameron were saying this we don't have to listen to Rotten Tomatoes because it's kind of like a yeah, people disagree with don't it all the time. It. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy it. But I think that is kind of crazy. I did look at the Wikipedia page for the film earlier and the reception just said it's received mixed to negative reviews and no kind of actual excerpts from reviews, which sort of implies that Wikipedia is going, ooh, don't look in there. Like, a, you know, when you find yeah. a rotten banana in your school bag, it's like, <laughs> better not Don't poke it. <laughs> yeah. I know. But yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how it does come out. I think it's come out literally in a couple of weeks, so... I'm, I, for one, am really excited, despite the negativity around it, I'm really excited to, to watch it, especially after reading the book. I'm kind of nervous about seeing it after reading the book. I wonder, is it one of those ones that I should have seen the film first and then read the book? That doesn't exist. I don't know. I don't think it works with this. That's why, that's another reason I think it reminds me so much of Frankenstein is because you feel so much of the external world and the wider world of the text in your imagination with this one especially, like we were given such scant information really yeah. about the world they live in. Yeah. It's a house, there's a chicken coop, they have coffee every morning. But yeah. other than the things that are immediately relevant to Junior, we don't get much more description, do we? No, and I suppose I wonder is that why, and it's not that I didn't enjoy the book and I probably, as I said, I shouldn't have read it on an airplane. I should have been more like cosy at home on the couch, but I wasn't. Um 
I just feel like I didn't buy into it as much as I thought I was going to buy into it. Okay. And I wonder when I see it on a screen where the details are there, will I be more emotionally invested? Because it definitely made me think. Yeah. But it didn't really make me feel. Interesting. I think that's kind of the part of the point, though. Is it written to make kind of devoid of feeling because there is a lot of the topic is yeah, human detachment. Sometimes though you do get like, yeah, potentially. I don't know. I just, I felt weird that I wasn't more in like invested. Oh, Jess, I'm trying hard. I don't want to spoil it. I want to no, talk I more know. about this, but well, we can continue. I think, <laughs> I think what, what you're sort of suggesting there or what I feel speaking to me from what you're saying there is that there is a lack of an emotional core in the yeah. test there's not an there's not an empathetic voice really and i think that's the point like hen would be that if she was given more of a role in the text but you look at junior who's very focused on what he's doing terence is completely motivated by his yeah. task it seems hen is the one with the voice and every time she tries to articulate it throughout the text she can't mm. because the person she's speaking to just does not see yeah, it from yeah. her point of view and can't understand and has it's a really unempathetic book yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't paint technology or scientific exploration in the best light at all it completely uh, completely craps on human emotion and what yeah. makes humans human until the that's end a big, until the end I'd say until the end but even then at the end there's parts of you that go oh what what really makes separates us from the machines is empathy and even the characters towards the end are also devoid of empathy and also seem like machines like are they that different from the computers they're using you know hen seems like the one emotional emotionally intelligent person and she can't articulate it at all she's always lost for words she tells junior just forget about it yeah just go away and goes off in a huff and junior's completely flummoxed by this he has no idea what, mm. she, she's, she usually likes the piano like he's constantly well, why is this person changed based on circumstances that have changed yeah I just uh, I, I, I I'll be honest I'm glad I read it yeah but I don't know that I'd recommend it interesting it's so thought provoking yeah that's fair Go on, would you, re- well, you obviously did. You I did, like, to, Cameron, to the world. <laughs> I think I'd recommend it. I think it's that, this is the English literature student in me talking. Oh, but, I didn't realise yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. Um, oh, my God. But I'd recommend it to my friends in terms of, there's a big debate over the the use of digital functions in literature and whether literature is a product of the soul and a product of a human. Mm-hmm emotion and someone who's completely in touch with romantic notions of the soup, the surreal or love or deep intense passion and something that can be just written out and processing science. That's why science fiction is very rarely taken seriously mm. in literary circles. But this is an interesting book in terms of what the, the questions it throws up, the ideas of control. It is probably a good study of the role of a contemporary woman in contemporary society. Like this is still set in the near future. So it's not even set in our present, but the role that the woman plays in this and the role that the male characters are expecting her to play is so interesting to me. So I definitely think I'd recommend it. 
Okay, so once again, I'm the odd one out. Um, again, it's Faux by Ian Reid. If you haven't read it and you want to read along or share your thoughts, you can email techtalk at newstalk.com. Um, so that was Kira's pick. Cameron, do you want to have the next pick? I might do. I'll have to have a little think. my thinking cap on. Okay. I was laughed out of the office for actually wearing a cap today, so maybe not literally, but figuratively, I'll put it on. Did you wear it indoors, like? I did. Oh, I saw you wearing it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to slag you about it, but then I needed you to come on the show. So. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Always, okay. yeah. Wait till you get what you want. Yeah, exactly. That's what Cast I Pass me to think. the side. Uh, okay, well, if you have a think, we'll announce it on next week's show. Uh, and there is still time to get in touch. If you didn't take part this time and you want to, just put book club in the subject bar of an email to techtalk at newstalk.com. Cameron and Kira, thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you.